The Online Marketing Show. Every day with Joseph Bushnell. Helping you to grow your online business by driving more traffic, improving conversion rates, increasing customer value, and getting things done fast. Listen, take action, make money. Hi, welcome to the Online Marketing Show. I'm your host, Joey Bushnell. I've got a fantastic guest on the line today. His name is Ezra Firestone, and he is an expert when it comes to making a lot of money with e-commerce. You can find out more about Ezra over at smartmarketer.com. Ezra, thank you so much for being on the call with me today. Hey, thanks, Joey. I appreciate it, man. I'm happy to be here. Ezra, could you just let us know a little bit about yourself and how you got started with e-commerce and online marketing? Sure, yeah. So, you know, I got started online about nine years ago now. And I started as an SEO doing search engine optimization. Um, and I was actually playing poker for a living in New York as an 18 year old. And a, fr- a friend of mine at these underground clubs, you know, these mafia owned poker clubs and stuff. And it was a really degenerative lifestyle. You know, you stay up all night, you sleep all day. You're only ever hanging out with men. It was just terrible. Um, and a friend of mine was uh, making a living online at uh, teaching people how to become a life coach. So he was like before the life coach boom sort of took off. He was uh, in that market. Uh, he was a, a professional certified coach, and he was showing other people about this new, you know, this new field of coaching before, you know, coaching really exploded. And he was generating his leads online through search engine optimization. And he like worked from his laptop, and he had this lifestyle that looked uh, really attractive to me. And I said, "Hey, man, let's do a trade. I'll teach you how to play poker, and you teach me what you're doing on the internet." And he gave me some DVDs, and um, and I learned search engine optimization. And I kind of just saw this back then. I just saw this opportunity. I saw this field. I saw this like this this thing was emerging, the internet and and all these cool things that people were doing. And I was like, you know what? That's for me. I'd like I'm going to get into that. And so I just kind of learned anything I possibly could. I found every resource online. I was a part of all the forums, and I really um, got a. I, I learned traffic. I learned how to buy traffic. I learned how to get traffic through search engine optimization. I ended up taking over his business and doing the marketing for it. And we had a really successful um, information marketing company for many, many years. And we did all the big launches and all that stuff. It was great. And I sort of cut my teeth on that. And once you learn how to get traffic, the next step is you've got to learn how to convert that traffic into buyers. So you got to get visibility for whatever your products and service are. Uh, and then once you have visibility from people who are interested in your stuff, you've got to get them to take you up on the offers you make. And that's when you get into like landing page psychology and conversion, all this different stuff. And sort of, so I got, I kind of, um, nerded out and I just didn't sleep for years. Like, cause I was working full time. Uh, I quit the poker job and I picked up a job. I quit the poker uh, thing and picked up a job at a yoga studio. And so I was working full time at the yoga studio and I was doing marketing uh, at night. I was kind of moonlighting it. Um, and we ended up doing really, really well with that information company. So I let go of the, um, uh, the yoga gig. And once I'd figured out how to get traffic and get that traffic to convert, once I, you know, sort of understood those things, um, what I realized was I was doing consulting for local businesses and I was kind of using this in, in a bunch of different areas. And I realized that I was best off. Um, using those skills for myself. And I started having a look around and I'd been doing info marketing for a long time. And what, what I realized was that, um, the, the, the highest leveraged use of my traffic and conversion skills 
were in e-commerce or sell, was selling physical products. And that's because, you know, when you look at the, um, per visit value that a physical product e-commerce store has, it's like a dollar to two dollars to three dollars per visit most of the time. And on, on, on all of our info, uh, businesses and info sites and blogs and things like that, you know, one cent, two cent, five cents, ten cents, it's like a much less, um, valuable, uh, asset basically. And so I kind of realized this. And, and the other thing was that, you know, we were spending so much time convincing people to buy our stuff. And like that they needed this information we had and we had the problem of consumption. Like once people bought our info products, it was hard to get them to consume them. And I'm not bashing info products. I still retail info products. I love the info product space. I think they're, it's a fantastic business model. And I think that it's part of the game that, you know, a lot, sometimes when you sell info products, the people who buy them don't actually use them right away or maybe never use them at all. But I don't think that's bad. Um, I don't think that's wrong. I think that, you know, hey, they'll use them at some point or it makes them feel good to buy them or whatever. But, but, but I came to, um, the decision that, that sending someone a physical product, you know, where they, they, they were looking for something. I had it for sale. They bought it. You know, I didn't have to really convince them. They were already looking for it. It just was like a really smooth and easy and clean business model. And so, um, I kind of went for it full force. So you said that you started with info products and a lot of internet marketing gurus talk about doing info products and how easy it is to create a product or get started by making an info product. You don't see too many people, though, talking about starting an e-commerce business, at least not as a newbie, Ezra. At least that's what I found in my experience, which is really interesting because I agree with what you're saying, that people probably want physical things rather than information a lot of the time. People do want information, but there's lots of free information on the web anyway. I also like what you said earlier about the average transaction value for e-commerce is higher. That's really interesting to me. So are there any other reasons why e-commerce possibly trumps info products? You know, it's a, it's a dangerous, um, I think different strokes for different folks, you know, like there's, it depends on the type of business you want to run and what you're most comfortable doing. And I don't know that it, you know, for me, I like e-commerce. I enjoy having my e-commerce businesses. I like having info product businesses as well. And I think that, you know, one thing is for sure that an e-commerce business is easier to sell. It's much easier to sell than an info product business because there's most of the time with an info product, there's some specific entity attached to it. There's some person, there's some, you know, expert. There's, it's, it's, it's harder to sell that than it is to sell an e-commerce store where what you've got is a platform, a line of products, a relationship with a supplier and an advertising account. I mean, it's just so easy to liquidate an e-commerce store. And, and, and so it's a more valuable asset in my opinion. Um, I think that an e-commerce, I think that an e-commerce business is probably a more, um, has more moving parts to it. And the cool thing about e-commerce is that because it has more moving parts, you have less smart marketers in the e-commerce space. You know, it's easier to throw up a, uh, an ebook and, and, you know, put up a, a squeeze page and run some traffic to that or, or, um, put together, you know, just there's more information, there's more training, there's more people doing this information marketing because it was sort of the thing that, that, that everyone was teaching. And so there's less folks out there who are doing e-commerce. A lot of the guys in my masterminds and brilliant, brilliant people who are like great at SEO or great at pay-per-click or brilliant marketers ask him, Hey, how come you're not doing e-commerce? Like, why aren't you using this to retail physical products as well? And they're like, Oh, it's too much work. And so people have this idea that, that e-commerce is, um, 
is so hard or so difficult or so much work. And that's because it's a real business. You know, you got to have customer service, service people. You got to have a phone number. You got to have a relationship with a supplier. You got to have, you know, a real merchant account. You got to have all these things, but it's really not that difficult. It's no, it's no more difficult than setting up an info product business, honestly, but there's less people who understand the process. And so we have less competition, which I think is cool. That's very cool. And I think also, Ezra, one thing that is attractive about starting an information product business is that there is very little capital needed. You just need a microphone or a camera and you can record and you can make an info product, which is great. That's a definite advantage. But there's this kind of myth that with an e-commerce website, you need to buy stock and you need probably need lots of money to get it started. Is that true or is that not really the case? I think there there. Well, there are multiple e-commerce business models, right? And the one that the one that most people are going to start with is drop shipping. And what drop shipping is is it's where you've got a manufacturer or a supplier who has a line of products. Let's say they've got Halloween costumes as an example I like to use. Mm-hmm. Um, and you go to them and you say, "Hey, I'd like to retail these products on my website and on the internet." And they say, "Okay." Here's a list of our products. Here's all the product images. And here's how much we're going to charge you per product. And so they give you a list of them and they give you all these products. And then you know what your price of that product is. If, let's say it's 50 bucks for an Elvis costume. Mm-hmm. So you take all those products and you put them up on your store and you just double the price. That's, that's a pretty good, um, uh, rule of thumb. You just double the wholesale cost. And, and so you don't actually buy the product. So you don't, man, you don't warehouse it. You don't inventory it. You don't buy it up front. Only once someone comes to your website and buys that Elvis costume for $100, do you then email the supplier and say, hey, please ship this costume to this person and charge me the 50 bucks. So you make your $50, mm-hmm. but only after you've been paid. So you never pay money out before you get money in in a dropship e-commerce business, which is what I love about it. And you know, any business is going to have an upfront cost. You've got to build out your platform, which is easier to do these days than it was when I started. You've got to, um, you know, have a logo created. You've got to set up an advertising account and run AdWords. But the cool thing about e-commerce is it doesn't matter what your budget is. If your budget is $10 a day on advertising, you can run $10 a day worth of advertising to your e-commerce store and you will find keywords that convert for you and you will be able to make sales and have a business that you're getting started. And I think that, um, that any business requires some amount of upfront capital. You know, you can get started in an e-commerce business, an info product business. You're probably going to spend a thousand bucks all said and done by the time you've built out your platform and had your logos created and, you know, set everything up. That's, you know, you're probably going to spend that same amount doing an info product business, but the, the hard costs upfront are not really that great. You know, you, you're going to pay a monthly fee for your platform. You're going to pay a monthly fee for your phone number. It's like 10 bucks if you use ringcentral.com. Um, you're going to pay to have some images created up front. You're going to pay to have some content written. You know, yeah, there's costs up front, but they're not, they're not astronomical. Sure. And so thanks to drop shipping, it changes the game entirely. It makes it so that costs are right down. Like you've said, it's not astronomical. So where do you find drop shipping companies? Is there a big famous giant on the web like Amazon, for example, when it comes to drop shipping? Or are these smaller companies that we need to go out and look for? Yeah, they're they're smaller companies, you know, like it's it's the, what's going on now is pretty much every manufacturer is willing to drop ship because they need other outlets of retailing their products, retailing them just to wholesalers who then retail to business, you know, uh brick and mortar stores and online retailers is uh basically you can skip past the wholesaler these days and go directly to the the manufacturer of your product and request um a drop ship relationship. Now, you know, the question before you 
say, how do you find suppliers is how do you find a market to go into? Mm-hmm. Like what markets are good markets to go into? And, and, uh, and then once you find a market, what's the criteria that says whether or not that's a good market? And so those are the questions you want to ask sure. yourself. And one of some of the ways I like to look for markets is I like niches of niches. So like you've got dog supplies as a niche. Well, dog beds is a niche within that niche. It's sort of a subcategory of a bigger niche. And if you look at Amazon and eBay, you can look at their category structure and find out what these sort of bigger categories are and then find little subcategories within those. And those little subcategories um, tend to be really good niches. Um, enthusiasts and hobbyists, people who are super into model train sets or super into paintballing or, you know, or golf, you got these people who are just crazy about stuff. People, and those are really, really good markets. I've got a guy, um, in my mastermind group who only does hobby stores, only ever does them. He's, he's, he's got three main stores right now and he's sold 13 in the past few years. So he's killing it in the enthusiast and hobby space. Um, you know, embarrassing and weird products, you know, uh, pubic hair shavers and things like that, that people don't want to go to the store and look someone in the eye while they're buying mm-hmm. are fantastic markets because people want to buy them online. Um, internetretailer.com puts out a guide called the top 500 guide and it's sort of the top 500, um, and they also have second 500. So it's the top 1000 websites, um, e-commerce websites and markets in North, in the North American market. And they'll tell you, you know, what markets are on the rise, what markets are on the decline, what websites are doing really well. And so that's a really good way to find ideas for markets. And another one is to look for the top designers on each shopping cart platform. We got 25 shopping cart platforms to choose from, basically. You know, we've got Volusion, Magento, Shopify, Big Commerce, Yahoo Store, 3D Cart, you know, OS Commerce, ShopSite, um, all these different ones that you have the option to use. And each one of those has, has developers on it, has people who are, who, who do development and, and design for those platforms. And on their websites, they often have um, case studies and testimonials of people who they've worked with. And you know that if someone can afford to have their site redesigned by the top designer on that platform, well, they're in a good market. And so you can get market ideas that way. There's no shortage of market ideas. Okay, so once we've decided what market we want to go into, then we find the dropshipper. You find the brands of products okay. that are being retailed in that space, and you go and you look up the, the, the actual manufacturer's branded website, and you get in contact with them, and you ask them about setting up a dropship uh, relationship. Okay. So would you send them an email or give them a call? How would you typically do that? I like to try to get them on the phone. I say, hey, look, you know, my name is Ezra. I'm the buyer for my company. Um, I'd love to add your line of products to our store. We like to... Um, Start out with a dropship relationship, and if things go well, move into a wholesale relationship. Because it's true, if things go well on your dropship store, eventually you're going to want to buy in bulk to get a better uh, margin. And so I like to give them a call, and if I can't get a hold of them, I send them an email. Um, generally, they're not hard to get a hold of. Do they expect calls like this? Is it quite an easy thing to get set up? Are they familiar with this process? I'd say about fifty percent of the time they've got a dropship um, program already set up. Okay. Awesome. So, you know, half the time you, you're, you're in like Flynn and the other half the time they don't have one or maybe they're not taking on new people and you kind of get on a wait list or try to convince them or whatever. Okay. Um, or they tell you go to this wholesaler who we give our product to and you can buy it from, you can get, you know, set up drop shipping with them. Okay. So we've got the market. We found the drop shipper. Now we obviously need to have a platform to sell this from. Yeah. Let's what, talk what? a few yeah. things before we get to there. Let's okay, talk a couple sure. things. You've got a market, right? You've mm-hmm. got a drop shipper, but there's a couple, you know, there's, I've got like a 15 criteria checklist that's too long to go through, but mm-hmm. there's things that you need to figure out before you decide you're going to retail these products. Like for example, yeah. what's the average order value? 
If the average order value of your product is under $75, you probably don't want to be in that market because uh, a standard dropship margin is 20 to 30%. So if you're selling a 70 or you're selling a $50 product and you're only making 20% profit, you're only making $20 or whatever that, uh, sorry, I'm, yeah. <laughs> it's early here, <laughs> but you're not making very much money. You know, yeah. you need that, you need your average order value. And this isn't average product price. It's average order value. And that means that like, what if you're selling a product that has a bunch of, um, accessories to it, you know, an iPhone or, or whatever it is, uh, it doesn't have to be, the product itself doesn't have to cost $75, but the average order value on your store has got to be over 75 bucks because you need to be making $20, $25 profit on each order, or you're not going to be able to afford to run the store and run advertising and all that kind of stuff. So I like to have my um, average order value above 75 and under 300 um, because once you start selling over, you know, average order values of over $300, um, you've got much more customer service. People want to talk to you. It's not as easy. They don't just pull out their card and buy that. They, they okay. want to know. They want, you know, they want to get in touch with you first for the most part. Okay. Um, you, you, you want, you want to make sure that, that your, your market lends itself to return customers. You know, I've got markets like bar stools where they buy those things once and they don't come back and buy them again. You know, whereas if you're selling gift baskets, you can sell that customer every single season, every single holiday. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure it lends itself to multiple item orders. Bar stools does that. Nobody buys one bar stool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They buy four to five. Um, and there's just a bunch of different criteria that you, that you want to go through, but those are some main ones to think about. Awesome. Thank you, Ezra. So once we've done those things and we're happy with what we have chosen, we obviously need a platform to sell this from. So what options do we have for building an e-commerce website? So we we live in a day and an age where we've got a million options. It, it wasn't always this way, you know. When we started out, there was like Yahoo Store, and there's a couple others that are, you know there was not very many options. And now you've got so many of these plug and play carts. And I think um, you've got Shopify, Volusion, and Big Commerce are sort of the big three plug and play right now that everyone's using. And uh, I like Big Commerce for people who are just getting started because of its ease of use, uh, because of how easily it plugs into other platforms and apps and third-party, you know, developer apps. Mm-hmm. Uh, people like Live Chat and all this different stuff, you know, um, uh, abandoned cart emails and things like that plug right into it really easily. And you know, it also has the best customer service. You know, you can you can't get Yahoo on the phone for the life of you. Mm-hmm. I've got Yahoo stores and and. Their, their, their customer service is difficult to get help with Yahoo because they're on RTML, which is this proprietary language that they built the platform on. And um, Big Commerce is an HTML platform. It's easy to manipulate it, and you can get on the phone with those guys, and they will help you, and they care about you, and like they're just great. I love those guys. And so I think Big Commerce really is the, is probably your best bet if you're just getting started um, okay. as far as a platform goes. One platform in particular I, I wanted to ask you about, Ezra, was WordPress. I personally love using WordPress. So my first thought is, is there an easy way to build an e-commerce website using WordPress? Yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of WordPress plugin themes for e-commerce like WooCommerce and uh, – uh, gosh, I can't even remember the other one. I am against WordPress as an e-commerce platform. Okay. I feel like e-commerce platforms were built for e-commerce. They are They are – product management systems you know they're they're like they're they're they were built specifically for the purpose of e-commerce and they do all these things that e-commerce stores need right out of the box and it doesn't make sense to take a platform that wasn't built for e-commerce and try to plug a theme on top of it and have and use it as your e-commerce database it's just like everyone i know with a wordpress e-commerce store it's kind of funky and it's all messed up half the time and just 
I don't actually use WordPress for my e-commerce store, so I really don't have practical experience with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's a bad idea given the platform was not designed to be an e-commerce platform. Okay. And we have these platforms that people spent millions of dollars building specifically for the purpose of being e-commerce platforms. And I feel like, why would you not take advantage of that? Sure. A big reason why I love WordPress is because the type of sites I make are blogging sites, information type sites. Is there a good combination of the two? For example, sites like Big Commerce and those types of platforms, do they have a blogging aspect as well? If anyone wants to mix a content-based site with an e-commerce website, is that possible or are we talking about two totally different things here? No, no. I think every single e-commerce store that exists on the planet right now should absolutely have a blog and at least a piece of weekly educational um, value-adding community engaging content. Um, okay. I think that, you know, if you've got an e-commerce store that has five SKUs that, that you don't have to manage a bunch of products, well then yeah, you can build your site out on WordPress um, and just link over to a shopping cart, like one shopping cart or something like that, because it's not, uh, it's not a traditional multi-item e-commerce store. Um, every single platform out there has a, a way to uh, plug in a WordPress blog to it. And every e-commerce store should absolutely have a blog and be creating content and engaging their community and stuff like that. But from the from an e-commerce standpoint, from what you're doing, how you manage your products, you know, how you um, how you edit all your products and add products, how you put in the information to go to Google Shopping and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, I think when you're doing traditional e-commerce, you need an e-commerce platform. You should absolutely plug in a blog to it and have a blog for your store. And I think WordPress is for sure the bl- the best platform for for information sites and blogging sites and stuff like that because it's so, so um, it's just there's it's just so easy and there's so many plugins and it's like. Yes, I'm, I'm a big fan of WordPress myself, but not for a traditional e-commerce store. So what essential features and functions does an e-commerce website need? You know, there's some basic things that you need, like site search and, you know, frequently asked questions and shipping info pages and multiple payment options. And, you know, you're probably going to have over 70 SKUs on your site. But um, uh, I'm not sure what you mean by features and functions. Just because the thing about an e-commerce store is there, there's so many it's it's really simple. It's like you've got your home page, mm-hmm. you've got your section pages, which are the pages that 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 house the products, right? So if you're selling gift baskets, you've got like chocolate gift baskets, and that's got a bunch of products on it. So then you have your product pages. So your home page, section page, product page, and then your shopping cart, right? When they click add to cart, they get taken into the shopping cart pages. Mm-hmm. And then you have your more information pages, which are your info pages, your contact us, your privacy policy, and you've got your blog. I mean, you really only have those six different pages on an e-commerce store for the most part. And you may have pay-per-click landing pages and stuff like that. But but um, for the most part, you need a left navigation and you need pictures of your products. And, and you know, there's all kinds of things we can do for conversion, which we'll talk about in a second. But, but really, all you need is... Uh, a picture, an add to cart button, a description, and some way for people to navigate, and you're up and running. And I know many people with just ugly, busted, <laughs> terrible looking e-commerce stores, but they have those things, and they, yeah. they're doing seven figures. So let's talk about that, Israel. How do we maximize conversions on an e-commerce website? You know, e-commerce is all about flow. So people land, for the most part, on your homepage or your section pages, because uh, a lot of times those are what people are optimizing for. And running traffic to. And so the question is, how do you get people from the section page to the product page to the cart to the checkout? It's all about flow. And every single page has its own list of optimization strategies that you use on there 
um, to get people from that, that page to the next page. But the goal is always with e-commerce to get people through your goal flow, to get people through your funnel. Um, and, you know, so site-wide, there's some site-wide things you want on your e-commerce store. Like in the header, your header is one of the most important parts of your e-commerce store. You want to contact us. You want your security. You want some kind of an offer or, or discount or coupon. You want your more information page links. You want um, a, a little link for your shopping cart that shows what's in the cart. You want, you want, live, ch- you want a live chat button. Um, and you want everything to sort of be in its own phobial view. So if you look at Zappos or you look at Amazon, you'll notice that everything in their header sort of is in its own little box. Like it's, you, you can focus just on that because your eye only sees one part of the page at a time. Yeah. So if you just look at look at Zappos, they've done their header really well. And look at all the different things they have in their header. They've got all these guarantees. They've got all their information pages, and they've just got everything in their header. Um, you want to have – a favicon, this is site-wide stuff. You want to have social buttons on every page. You want to have a video FAQ. You know, uh, some of the most overlooked pages on e-commerce stores are your contact us page and your frequently asked question page. And if you, if you, if you make those pages really rich with video content, answering people's questions and all that kind of stuff, you will see a nice little bump in conversion. You want randomly displayed testimonials and bestsellers across your site. And in your footer, you want some trust symbols. You want a search box. You definitely need a huge search box in your, in your header. If you don't have, if look at, look at any of the big stores out there, you'll notice that the search box in the header is enormous because people who search for stuff buy stuff. Uh, one of my sites right now, we've got 5% of the people searching, and that, that accounts for 20% of our revenue. We noticed this when it was 2% of the people searching, accounting for 10% of our revenue, and we thought we ought to make this search box more prominent. Mm-hmm. We did that. We bumped the number of searches up to 5%, and now that, that now accounts for a fifth of the revenue. So search is huge on e-commerce. You want in, incentivized time constraints, and what that means is that people go through your store – and they're like, let's say they hit page, you know, the third page or they've been on the store for two minutes or whatever you set that at. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a little thing pops up that says, hey, if you check out within the next 10 minutes, we'll give you 10 percent off. So you do this time constraint and you incentivize it with a discount and it just crushes for conversion. Mm-hmm. You want a daily deal bar. You can get both of those things through a company called Exclusive Concepts exclusiveconcepts.com. They're a great uh, conversion optimization company. Um, you definitely want live chat. There's just no reason to not have live chat. It's so effective. Um, even if it's just leave us a message and we'll get back to you. Um, some of the homepage things, you want a main image. You probably don't want a rotator. You know, a lot of people have these rotating images on their homepage and um, those things, uh, those things don't actually work for conversion, it turns out. Um, and you want tabbed featured products based on the categories of your store. So right under your main image, you've got your featured products and you've got featured products for each category. And the way that you set this up is you look at your Google Analytics and you look at your in-page analytics to show you what most people are clicking on and you take your most popular categories and you put them up on your homepage and you put the featured products on there. Um, and you, and you continue to, to look at what's getting the most clicks and you continue to change that. And you know, rich homepages win. Homepages with images and videos and testimonials and hello from the owner and frequently asked questions. And like the richer your site is, the higher it's going to convert. And we could get into conversion for each individual store page, but that's just like a, it's just a super long list. There's just so many different things you can do for conversion, but the cool thing with e-commerce is that for the most part, you're going to convert pretty well because the people who are coming to your store are already looking for your products. And as long as you've got sort of these main elements, these main site-wide elements, you don't really have to go crazy on your other individual pages. Awesome. That's brilliant, man. There's absolutely loads that you gave us there, which is absolutely fantastic. I'm blown away by that. Do you have any tips for when people come to pay and they're in the checkout? Do you have any ways to perhaps increase the order value 
or stop people from abandoning? Any tips in that area? You know, there's so many plugins for every cart now that do um, abandoned cart emails. What that means is someone comes to your store and they start sort of start filling out the checkout list and they don't buy. And what and what some of these plugins will do is they'll scrape. Um, one in particular for Yahoo stores will scrape the uh, the value of the cart, the image of the product in the cart, mm-hmm. and their email address, and I'll email them and say, hey, I saw that you were trying to buy so-and-so product. Here's a picture of it, and and we'd like to give you a discount so that you can continue on with that order, and sorry that our shopping cart process was, was confusing, and we'll give them a discount based on the value of their cart, and you've got other ones that basically just yeah. send them an email, and so abandoned cart emails will give you a nice little boost because people who, who bailed out will get a little coupon and come back and buy from you. Um, I'm finding that the two-step checkout works best where someone clicks add to cart, and it takes them to a page that says, here, you can either continue shopping or you can continue to the checkout. So it brings them to a page that shows them what's in their shopping cart and gives them the option of continuing shopping or continuing to checkout. Now, if they press proceed to checkout on that next page, they've got to be able to do everything, fill out their shipping, fill out their billing, fill out their credit card, and submit the order. So they, they, there's no more steps than add to cart, takes them to a page that shows them what's in their cart where they can continue to the checkout. Once they continue to the checkout, they can finish everything on that page. And the other cool thing that you can do on your on your checkout page is have a left navigation on your checkout page that's only images, and it's got you know images of all your shipping, the people that you ship with, UPS, FedEx, US Mail. It's got those logos. It's got credit card symbols, you know, all the all the credit card and trust symbols. It's got a testimonial. It's got your phone number. It's got contact us links. And a cool little um, trick is you put a um, guarantee that's nowhere else on your site on on the left navigation of your checkout page. So nowhere else on the site anywhere is this particular feature or guarantee. Um, displayed other than on the checkout itself. So maybe it's like, you know, we have a 100% uniqueness guarantee. All of our products are 100% unique. You will not find them in a local store or whatever it might be or whatever you can offer. Or we, you know, we've, you know, you put your money back guarantee right there, whatever that thing is that they don't see anywhere else. And that, that'll give you a nice little boost. But the key is to just make it simple, right? Add to cart, takes them to a cart that, that has, you know, a lot of people will also, don't have congruency across their shopping cart. Like you press add to cart and it takes you to this page that looks so much different than the rest of the website. And that's just a terrible idea. You want to have it congruent. You want it to look just like the page it just came from. So you want to um, design your carts to look exactly like the, um, the, the, the rest of the website. So you want congruency across your checkout sequence. Fantastic. Ezra, thank you so much for this interview. It's been really great. Where can people go to find out more? If they're looking to get into e-commerce, do you have anything else people can go over and see at your website or do you have any products around this topic? Um, you can head over to my website, smartmarketer.com and I, I'll be releasing a bunch of free videos there on my blog about what I'm up to, some case studies and things I'm doing in my business. And if you want to learn about e-commerce, um, I've got a course coming out at the end of March that's kind of a soup to nuts e-commerce. It talks about everything from how to find a market to how to get in touch with suppliers and gives you templates and stuff like that for it, how to build out your platform, how to get traffic, how to get people to come back to your store, how to build a community, all that different stuff um, in that course, which will be out at the end of March. And I've also got a mastermind um, that's geared uh, – it's really for any marketer, but but a lot of e-commerce folks join it, but it's for it's for marketers of all types. And that's where you can work more um, in-depth and privately with me to, to grow your business. Um, and you can just go to my site and there's a link for that to hop on the wait list for that. And when we open up, I'll email you. Um, and basically I don't have a lot of stuff for sale right now. I'm just kind of out there, you know, sharing what I'm up to. And, and, um, I do intend to, to create products and, and, you know, I I do consulting. I I do done for you type stuff for people. I I do reputation management and some SEO stuff and some Facebook campaigns and, and that kind of stuff. 
So if you're interested in that stuff, you can just shoot me over an email. I tend to get those clients through referrals. Um, and if it's a good fit, if it's a big enough campaign or whatever, then then we'll work together. If not, I can refer you to other people. But really, I'm just out there to share what I'm up to, and and hopefully you enjoy the videos that I put out on my blog and and the information of you know hopefully what I'm up to and and what I'm doing can help you um, in your business and and can you know help you you grow your business. That's my goal. Sounds good. That's the end of today's show, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. Ezra, thank you for being on the show today. Thanks, Joey. I appreciate it. And thanks, everyone, for listening in. I appreciate your time. The Online Marketing Show. Every day with Joseph Bushnell. Helping you to grow your online business by driving more traffic, improving conversion rates, increasing customer value, and getting things done fast. Listen, take action, make money.